But some people thought that this would make that system susceptible to fraud, and it has. Hi, welcome to Tech News This Week. I'm your host, Tech Target Editorial News Director, Anton Gonsalves. On today's show, we'll take a look at uh, why IBM and Salesforce-owned Tableau are diving into generative AI. And we'll discuss why U.S. companies are finding it harder to get visas to fill vacancies with foreign tech workers. This week, IBM launches generative AI platform called Watson X. The move places IBM in the crosshairs of the cloud behemoths, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. Here to tell us why IBM believes it can win enterprise deals is Tech Target Editorial's AI reporter, Esther Zhao. So uh, how does IBM's Watson X differ from the uh, generative AI systems? Yes. Yeah, from what, well, from what I've heard from um, analysts, it's mainly the differentiating factor is the fact that IBM is really focused on enterprises, right? Um, and so what some analysts have said is while Google and Microsoft have put out enterprise-related products when it comes to generative AI, IBM's differentiating factor is like this is your data that you can use to create your own models, right? So it's not just some productivity app applications, but it's mainly this is the model that you can use in order to create you can create your own AI models using your data. Right. Now, they have uh, they have something called an AI governance toolkit uh, mm -hmm. that uh, analysts say could make a difference. Uh, what is uh, what is that difference? What What's the toolkit and what's the difference it can make? To me personally, uh, a lot of um, vendors are looking at how they can, quote unquote, self-regulate this AI that we have right now. I was asking a vendor uh, analyst about that, and he was like, well, it's kind of like we have no regulation in the AI space from like government, right? So it's another way that gov um, vendors are trying to self-regulate and make themselves in compliance in the way that they can be uh, with AI rules and try not to get as much backlash. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily differentiating them from everybody else. I think it's just a way for them to try to regulate and keep uh, data and governance in alliance, uh, as mm. well as the way Google tries to have some kind of regulation in Microsoft as well. Well, there is a lot of concern uh, out there about the use of, uh, about the data that's being used in these uh, these systems, right? So mm -hmm. I, I, was un I was under the impression that IBM is giving their customers more control over the data that's used uh, yeah. in, in their system. Yeah. yeah, so it allows them to have more control, which is like it helps with those hypersensitive industries like finances and healthcare systems, um, which can, uh, which you know, they are less likely to use generative AI systems, or they're less, they're more hesitant, I would say, with generative AI systems like ChatGPT. So things that like what IBM is offering can help with like if you have your own data, you're not trying to have like put you're not and you're not interested in where the data is more open source, but rather is data in house that you're using to create your own. Now, Red, now IBM has Red Hat, an open source software. Uh, that's a that's been a differentiator for them for a while. How will Red Hat work with their with Watson X? Is there a, a link between the two? 
Yeah, so they announced at IBM Think that there is a collaboration effort for what they call it IBM um, Watson code uh, generator, I believe. So it's basically allows um, developers to be able to generate code. They said using the English command language, uh, which means, I, I think it means it's only just English for now. But also with Red Hat, um, what the CEO was really em emphasizing was that idea of like a hybrid cloud infrastructure. Um, they haven't really made known like what it's going to, what that really means, but he's like, we are focused more on hybrid cloud and we're focused on AI. So those were his two messages at his keynote. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Red Hat's, I, I believe Red Hat software is important for connecting uh, an on-premises system with, yeah. uh, with the cloud. Yeah. So, it, so it would seem that uh, IBM could offer uh, some interesting technology for, for that kind of connectivity. Okay, there was more generative AI news this week. Salesforce's uh, analytics subsidiary, Tableau, said it was uh, adding the technology to its platform. Uh, here to tell us uh, what Tableau is up to is Tech Target editorial senior news writer, Eric Bav Avedon. All right, so according to Tableau, how will generative AI improve its uh, analytics platform? It will simplify it. It'll make it easier to use. So for years now, uh, Tableau and many other analytics vendors have been incorporating natural language processing into their platforms uh, to enable users to ask questions of their data, interact with their data using natural language rather than code. But the natural language models that the, that the vendors themselves developed are limited. Um, they still require uh, data literacy training. They still require users to, answer, to ask their queries uh, in very specific business language. And if they stray from that, they won't get what they're looking for. So by incorporating the large language models like ChatGPT, um, they expand their vocabulary vastly, and that really enables uh, more freeform natural language. Um, so many more users theoretically will be able to interact with the platform. They don't need uh, the, the training that was uh, required before. Uh, so that's really the, the change, that the integration of an existing platform like Tableau with uh, OpenAI's ChatGPT or some other lang large language model, that's really what it enables. Yeah, and that training piece is often uh, not discussed with uh, generative AI, right? I mean, if you have, uh, if you're going to introduce a new technology, you got to tell your employees how to use it and, and to use it in a secure way. Yeah. The, the integration, uh, so it's like Esther was talking about, Tableau isn't sending its data out into OpenAI. It, um, it's bringing OpenAI into Tableau and then walling it off so that you're only using generative AI at the large language model with your organization's data. Um, and so, so there's governance measures that are built into the tools that the vendors themselves are building. They're not returning data to the large language model. Now this is actually, uh, what Tableau is using is actually Salesforce's Einstein GPT, right? right? Tell me a little bit about Einstein GPT and uh, if there's a, how, it, uh, how it's unique in the market, if, if it's unique. Yeah, it's just basically, uh, Einstein is, is uh, Salesforce's AI tool. And so it's just simply Einstein GPT is simply the, the, um, the fusing together of Einstein with uh, ChatGPT, GPT-3, GPT-3.5. Uh, um, and no, it's not particularly 
differentiated from those of other vendors that I've seen. Um, it's not like Google, uh, again, as Esther was talking about, it's much more like what she was talking about with IBM. Among analytics vendors, uh, Tableau, there's Tableau now that has done uh, the integration by taking Salesforce's Einstein GPT into its platform. There's uh, SciSense has done it, ThoughtSpot has done it, uh, Pyramid Analytics has done it on data management side, uh, Informatica. And it should be noted that none of these tools are out on the market yet. All of these GPT integrations are really just in the very basic development stage. And it's really vague about when they'll actually be released in general availability. Tableau says that they'll soon be starting a pilot program. And uh, just by the end of the year is, is what they said uh, as far as uh, potential availability. And this is and this is the latest move by Salesforce in terms of getting AI throughout its platform, right? I mean, it already has it in Slack. I mean, Einstein's already in Slack and That's right. or else. Flow. Um, yeah. So Tableau held Tableau conference this week, uh, mm. day, the final day of it. So it was just Tableau's turn, essentially. They obviously timed the announcement for the first day of the conference is the, the headline announcement uh, for Tableau uh, on the opening day of its conference on Tuesday. All right. Finally, H-1B visas are critical to U.S. companies that can't find enough tech workers to fill positions. In the past, companies had a 30 to 50 percent chance of winning one of the 85,000 visas issued annually. This year, that percentage dropped to 15 percent. Uh, here to tell us why is Tech Target editorial senior news writer Patrick Thibodeau. So what's happening here? Why are companies finding it harder to get visas for foreign tech talent? Well, for the longest time, if a company wanted to sponsor an H-1B worker, they would have to file a paper application with all the checks and all the legal fees uh, in advance. And uh, then if the government got more than 100000 or so, it would hold the lottery and pick the winners. But that was kind of a burden because companies would sometimes have to fill out, you know, they fill out the legal fees or they pay the legal fees and they spend all this money without ever knowing whether they get their employee uh, a visa. So the government in 2021 installed this system, a $10 registration. So all a company has to do is fill out a form electronically and pay the $10 and they have a shot and they are entered in the lottery, basically. And so if, they, uh, if, if they're selected for, um, if their candidate wins the lottery, then they have until June 30th to fill out a completed application and pay all the fees. So that became a lot cheaper. But some people thought that this would make that system susceptible to fraud. And it has. The UCS, uh, United States Citizens and Immigration Service, recently came out with a statement saying that we believe there's a lot of fraud in the system, and that has contributed to an overwhelming number of registrations in the lottery. Previously, you, um, the government could count on around maybe 300,000 or so H-1B um, petitions a year. This year, it got over 750,000. And a lot of them were from the same person submitted multiple ways. And what the government suspects or what a lot of immigration attorneys suspect is going on is that uh, companies are setting up shell companies and entering uh, a person through one name and then through another name. And then potentially if they win, they'll 
file another application for an H-1B transfer to move them to the company where they actually want that person to work. So um, it's, it's quite a scandal, but it has also reduced the odds of winning the lottery from 30 to 50% in any given year. To now, now, now why is it why is it reduced the uh, the odds uh, the fifty is it because the government now has kind of put a hold on approving visas? Is that no, what? it's it's a it's it's going to improve it's going to improve it's going to go through the visas that it selected in the lottery. So it got seven hundred and fifty thousand registrations. It um it held it held the uh, lottery and selected one hundred and ten thousand, which is above the eighty five thousand. But like a college admission, they expect a certain number won't go through or a certain number will be rejected. And so the government will go ahead and still issue visas to legitimate companies with a bona fide job for that visa holder. They'll go ahead and do that. But the sheer volume of registrations in the lottery meant that the odds of any company winning fell significantly. Okay, so does any of this, uh, I mean, given the fact that we got massive layoffs in the tech industry, uh, has uh, H-1B, the, the value of an H-1B visa uh, diminished in, in, uh, in today's uh, job market? Well, that's, that's an interesting question, uh, but let me answer it this way. First off, there are a lot of websites that count the number of tech layoffs, but these tech layoffs don't really tell you what's happening within the industry. For instance, like Dropbox recently said it was laying off 500 people or around, I think, 16% of its workforce. But part of the reason they were doing that sizable layoff was that CEO said that they need a different mix of skill sets, especially in AI. So they're retooling their company. And a lot of what's going on in tech right now is a retooling of company to AI and other technologies that are more in need. But in truth, the tech industry, while it did see a slight decline in overall employment in the first three months of this year, is actually growing again. Uh, so there is more hiring going on than layoffs, despite the headlines. And competition uh, globally, too, competition for tech talent is increasing, right? I mean, the U.S. used to be the number one spot that tech talent wanted to come to. But now that's not necessarily the case, right? I mean, companies like, I mean, countries like Canada and European countries are also offering uh, some, uh, it's, it's easier, it may be easier to, Im- to immigrate to those, to those countries. Yes. Uh, hiring for tech talent is getting more competitive globally. And it's been helped tremendously by the advancements in remote technology tools that occurred during the pandemic. So it's a lot easier to work with somebody remotely, which is which is really opening up the door for a lot of things. But this nation still has some huge competitive advantages. It is the best country in the world to get VC funding. And without a question, that remains true. And it also is leading in a lot of technology areas. We are still arguably ahead of China and other countries in AI development. So if you want to be involved in the in some of the best work going on, you're still going to want to come to the US. I think the thing that is working against us the most is just some of the broader trends going on in the United States. The mass shootings are giving us an ugly reputation overseas right. and possibility of a default and our standing as the world's reserve currency is a gigantic threat to our ability to have a strong tech industry. 
All right, so that wraps up this week's show. Uh, thanks for watching and enjoy the weekend.